Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. We're part three of a series called Social Disconnect. I, 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 God just gives me these titles sometimes and I just was watching the news and I just heard, make sure you social distance, make sure you social distance. If you're gonna do this, make sure you social distance. And I'm not against social distancing, but at that brief moment, I was just sick of hearing social distance. And before I even realized out of my mouth, I said, I said these words at my house. I said, well, I'll tell you why. Social distancing is good. Social distancing is a medical thing that they've advised us for and we should do it the best we can. But for some people, social distancing has become a social disconnect. And the truth is, this is why people talk about the new norm. I'm tired of hearing about the new norm too. Let let, let me back up and say, I'm really not tired of hearing the new norm because I believe there is going to be a new norm, but I'm tired of hearing the world tell me what it's gonna look like. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I'm ready to see a new norm, but not the new norm they're trying to tell me is coming. I want to see a new norm where people pray again. I want to see a new norm where people read the Bible again. I want to see a new norm where they lay hands on their children when they're sick again. I want to see a new norm where people are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God to salvation. I want to see a new norm again where pastors do something shocking. They actually preach the word of God. I want to see a new normal where praise teams are no longer paid performers just showing up for a gig but they're praising God because they're passionately in love with God that's the new norm I want to see hey hallelujah that's the new norm I want to see what about you I know that COVID-19 is not a conspiracy theory. I know it's not a hoax. I know it's a real legitimate virus. I know the flu is a virus. I know the cold is a virus. I know that every virus is a virus. I'm not saying that it is not real. I'm not saying that it doesn't need to be taken extremely serious and that you need to be cautious and you need to protect your family and protect yourself. But can I just be clear, and I'm telling you, you don't need to be afraid to say amen to this because you know it's the fact. No matter who you are, you know this is a fact. It is not a hoax, but it is being used as a tool to separate the people. It is. I'm not talking about separating for true medical reasons. I'm talking about there is a mental separation that is going on. You, hey, either I'm your pastor or I'm not. And let me tell you something, I don't need you just praying for me right before I preach. Because when this kind of stuff starts going out, that's when I really need you to pray for me. Number one, the people are going to blow me up, but the devil is going to try to attack me and my family because he don't want people saying what I've been saying. Can I get an amen? This message is not political. This message is not agenda driven. This is a kingdom message spoken by a kingdom man of God. Your pastor, your spiritual father. Now those that are watching online, I say this every week and I want to say it again. And if God help me, I may not say it again for the rest of this message. But I want to read it so I make sure I get it right. I'm not speaking to those who are watching online due to underlying and pre-existing conditions that make you susceptible. 
more susceptible to the effects of this virus? I promise you from the bottom of my heart, the depths of my heart, I know you are using wisdom. You're not operating in fear because those are the ones I'm talking to. You desperately want to be here. But you can't be here yet. And I'm telling you what, what blesses me, people that their doctors have told them not just a few, a few more weeks. You know what you know, many of you are doing? It blesses me. You hit me up with messages and you tell me, Pastor, if everything goes right, I'm going to be there in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. That tells me that your desire in your heart is to be here. So I want you to know I love you. I'm not, this message is nothing against you. But I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. Some of you ain't got no pre-existing conditions, ain't, ain't don't live with anybody with pre-existing conditions, and, and you still going to Walmart and getting your groceries, you still going to Home Depot and getting your stuff you're working on at your house, come on somebody, you're still going to work every day, and ain't you, y'all ain't sent me no message telling me when you're coming back. So here's my, my question to you is, whose voice are you listening to? What is going to need to happen and who is the voice that is going to make you feel comfortable when you ain't got no pre-existing conditions to come back and hear the voice of your pastor again? Is it the voice of your pastor or is it somebody that has nothing to do with you? I'm not talking medically because some of y'all ain't listening. The medical stuff, you don't even hard to listen to anyway because if you listen to the medical stuff, you wouldn't be doing some of the stuff that you're doing through the week. But you got some political figures, and quite frankly, if I can get in my message, I'll get in my message. I'm going to touch on this in a minute. You got some preachers that need to get out of the profession trying to tell you some stuff. And here's the question why you listen to preachers instead of your pastor? I can go home right now if y'all want me to. AJ will listen to me the rest of the day. He'll love on me, he'll lick on me, and tell me, preach, daddy, preach. I'll preach to my dog. That's my dog, by the way, for those who don't know who AJ is. Some of y'all go, who's AJ? <laughs> That's my dog. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name. Somebody shout in my name. I am there in the midst of them. I'm going to tell you something. Just because you gather don't mean he's there. No, I know he's there. He's not talking about the fact that he's not there or there. He's everywhere. He's talking about his favor. He's talking about his blessings. He's talking about his glory. His glory shows up when two or three gather in his name, not just when two or three gather. Satanists gather. Gathering doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost's power is going to be there. you got to gather in his name. How many believes that Solid Rock gathers in his name? Oh, I'm about to kick it into turbo, y'all. And the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. How many knows God was the one that said that, not man? First week, we talked about six feet. Remember that message? If you wasn't here, you can watch it online. Then last week, we talked about isolation. The difference between being alone in God and being isolated from God's people. It's very, very important. Today, I want to tackle part three. Some of you already saw it up on social media, but here's part three. Part three is, is and I know some of y'all are like, oh, I know what he's going to say. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't ever know what I'm going to say. I, I, a lot of times, I don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> part three is masks. Woo! When I put that up on social media, oh, I had people commenting and some of them private messaging me because they didn't want to comment. They thought I was going to preach against masks. 
They thought, well, they're going to preach against wearing masks. I ain't preaching against that. I ain't preaching against that. That's a statewide mandate. They got posters on the walls everywhere you go. I'm telling you right now, I got hard enough time running my own life. I'm not going to run your life. You think I'm going to take the pulpit up here to tell you to defy a, a statewide mandate? You think I'm going to take the pulpit and tell you what medical decisions you can make? It, it, wear a mask or don't wear a mask. That's up to you. I, I ain't going to stand before God and they're going to ask me whether you wore a mask or not. Yeah, that's up to you. So I'm not preaching against, you ought to know me well enough to know I'm not going to take God's pulpit and preach something as divisive as that. That's your decision. I, you ought to know. You, you should have known your pastor well enough when you saw the words mass, you should have said, oh, he's going to be preaching about spiritual mass. How many already knew that? Say amen. Now, I want you to know something. I want to make a statement. Wearing masks for Christians and for people in general is nothing new. Y'all been wearing them to church most of your life. Some of y'all all tore up about a mask. I ain't wearing no mask. But every time I ever see you in church, you wearing one. Is this microphone working? Mass. Let me tell you something about mass. Some of them are put on you and you have no choice. In other, or mandated. How many of those, you can't go in to see your newborn baby without a mass? I don't care where you stand on mass, wearing mask or not. How many of those, if your baby was just born, your wife is in there, and you're about to go back in there and check on her, and the doctor says, in order for you to go see your baby, you gotta wear a mask, you ain't gonna look at that doctor and say, well, I just won't see my baby. No, no, you'll put a mask on, right? So sometimes you have to do it. But most of the time that you wear a mask, and even in the times that you have to do it, you still make a choice to put it on. The only way somebody gonna put a mask on you and you ain't got nothing to do with it and you can't, you didn't do it is that you knocked out, you under, you, you under some kind of anesthesia and you can't control anything about you. Niggas gonna reach down there and put something over your ears and put it over your mouth and you wake up, ah, how'd this happen? But how many of those, most of the time, 99% of the time, if you wear a mask, it's because you put it on or you ask somebody to help you put it on. It's a choice. Somebody say these words with me. Wearing a mask is a choice. One of the things about a mask that you need, a couple of things about a mask that you might need to write down, because remember you just said all great leaders take notes, so, so why are you not taking notes? I don't understand it. Here, here's a couple of things you need to write down. Number one about a mask is that when somebody is wearing a mask, you cannot see their facial expression. Right? So therefore, it makes it difficult to really see the intent through a mask. Well, I can tell what you're saying through your eyes. No, no. Sometimes maybe, but no, no. So you can't see their facial expression. And here's the thing that frustrates a lot of you when you talk to somebody in the mask. You can't really hear what is being said clearly. 
How many times lately have you been somewhere, you're wearing a mask, they're wearing a mask, whatever, you're trying to have a conversation and you're like, excuse me, what'd you say, what'd you say? And they're trying their best and you know what actually ends up happening? They pull it down just enough to speak and then they pull it right back up. So I'm not judging, I'm not saying that that's, not, that's, that's bad, that's good or whatever, but let's be real and let's be honest. Somebody needs to tell the truth and be honest what we're all thinking. It's difficult to hear people when they are talking with a mask on, right? So here, remember we're talking spiritually now. We're not talking about physically. We're not talking, there is absolutely nothing that I'm saying today that you have a right to take when you leave here today, whether online or in person, and believe that I have empowered anyone to not wear a mask in the state of Alabama. That is not what I'm saying. In fact, I am encouraging you to do what you feel is right, and I'm encouraging you to obey the laws of the land. Can I tell you something? It's up to you what you want to do, but I'm just being real with you. When I go into Walmart, you make your own decision. I'm just letting you know where I stand. When I go into Walmart, I put my mask on. I wear my mask when I go to Walmart. When I come out of Walmart and get in the parking lot, ain't nobody else around me and I'm heading my truck, I take that thing off and I breathe to my truck. When I go into a place that has a sign on there, I put a mask on. I've been doing that. So don't think that I don't wear a mask. I do it when I go out and I do it where it is mandated. So don't in any way take that your pastor is telling you not to do that. I am telling you, you've got to think with your spiritual mind. The things that happen in the natural always come first to try to teach us spiritual principles. Are y'all hearing me? So that's how I showed you the six feet. That's something that medical experts said is the safest distance between the transmission of the virus. But then I showed you the spiritual extent of what six feet represents. Six feet is the number of man. Six is the number of man. Six is the depth, the depth of how they're going to bury you into the dirt. Can I get an amen? It's a separation spiritually that is intended to last long after the pandemic is over. Isolation, they tell you to stay at home, which is the, they say the safest thing, a hundred times more safer than wearing a mask. The best thing to do to not spread a virus is everybody stay home, but they realize you can't stay home. So they say the second best thing is to wear a mask. But I'm telling you, the stay at home thing has, 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 is, is the best thing to not spread a virus. But spiritually speaking, it's affecting us in the natural, but then it's going into our spirit, man. And now we're being more comfortable, listen to this, by not being around people. And I'm gonna tell you, if this goes much longer, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult for some people who are actively involved in serving in their community, actively involved in serving at their school, actively involved in helping their children, uh, and football games and selling tickets at the door, things that they used to do, going to the ball games and the stands, sitting with the mamas and daddies. Let me tell you something, it ain't just church. It's going to begin to affect every aspect of our lives. We're going to sit at home and watch some mama live stream streaming on their phone, their, your own kid playing baseball because you don't want to get out anymore. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I'm telling you, it's going to affect us. So let's do what we got to do to be safe, but let's protect our spirit, man, and let's protect who we are in God that when we come out of this thing, be safe, be cautious, but when you come out of this thing, make sure your faith is intact. In fact, there's never been a time when we, where we need each other like now. 
And, and the whole thing about mass, I'm speaking spiritually, is I can hear somebody's cell phone. Is that my phone? Who's, who's running live? Is that me? It's coming through the system. Is somebody back there got their phone on? Thank you. I don't know how that's happening. Huh? Okay. But gremlins. That's right. Gremlins are everywhere. Now, watch this. It's difficult to hear people through a mask. It's difficult to see intent through a mask in the natural. Can I tell you something? Everything is compounded in the spirit. So if it's difficult to see intention and difficult to hear clearly in the natural with a mask, let me tell you something. It's very difficult to, to uh, interpret intention and to hear clearly what someone is saying in the spirit with a spiritual mask on. Are y'all hearing me? So I just happen to have a few masks up here. And I think I need to address some of these masks. The first one and the biggest one that we are facing right now. Sorry for the noise. Everybody say it. Can you read it? Is it spread out? Everybody say it. Say it. Can y'all hear me through this mask? Fear. Everybody say fear. My God, I can't breathe. Can y'all read that? Bless you. You should have had a mask on. Fear. Everybody say fear. You've heard this before. You need to hear it again. False evidence that appears real is what F-E-A-R means. Now I got to do this so y'all can hear me and clearly interpret my expression. Fear. People are masking up in the spirit realm, remember, with fear. Spiritual attacks, false evidence that appears real. As I said earlier, I'll say it again. I will just read my, because this is, for some reason, I had this in my notes to say it again. This is not a statement against the virus. This is not a statement against anything in your life that you have allowed to override the word of God by wearing a mask. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's what Romans chapter 8 verse 12 says. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Listen to this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Somebody shout, I'm a child of God. I have no fear. For, listen to what verse 15 says. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. What's the next word? Again to what? Fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. Can I tell you something? What you got to get from this scripture is it says that we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. 
Meaning, if you got, if anything is talked about happening again, that means it's happened before. So when we were adopted into the family of God, we were not just adopted, the bondage of fear was supposed to be ripped from us. You wouldn't know it in, the, in this day and age. Oh my God, it's getting quiet in here. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Somebody say, power, love, sound mind. Some of y'all got power, some of y'all got love. I wonder about the sound mind. Some of y'all say, well, you were preaching, now you're meddling. Can I be real with y'all? There's a difference between being cautious and being terrified. There are some people who are absolutely terrified in this moment. Let me tell you something. If I'm walking down some street in the middle of the, of the night and I'm by myself and two or three guys come up and stick a gun in my back and tell me, give me your wallet, you think I'm calm at that moment? There's nothing wrong with fear in that, set, in that setting, meaning the anxiety that comes upon you because of the seriousness of the moment. I'm not talking about people being nervous. I'm not talking about people being cautious that, you know, if I do this, this is stupid because he comes, gives us a sound mind. You know, I'm not going to go around, go up to a stranger and kiss them. Come on, that'd be weird, number one. Number two, I'm not going to go up right in front of them and breathe right in front of their face and have a conversation and spit all over each other. Stupid. You say, what do you do when you go into a store pastor and you're standing in line and they got a little X six foot behind you? You know what I do? I stand on the X. That ain't, that ain't me operating in fear. That's just me trying to make everybody else around me comfortable. But I'm not standing on the X because I'm terrified. Are y'all hearing me? God's not giving me a spirit of fear. I used to have a spirit of fear. But I don't go, I'm not going back to that bondage of fear again. Who is speaking? Who is speaking into you? Are we good? Who is speaking to you? And who has you terrified? Some of the people that are scared to death to go back into the world are terrified. Is it because of this mask? Just leave it where it is. Don't try to adjust it. Keeps getting changed. Just don't, don't touch it. They're, they're afraid. Bring it back. They're afraid because of the voices that are being spoken into them. They're afraid of the virus. Can I be real with you? Can I lay it on the line? Give me just a little bit of volume. Can I lay it on the line? They're afraid of the virus. They're afraid of racial tensions. Are you, can you say that, Pastor Larry? I just said it. They're afraid of racial tensions. They're afraid to have relationships with people of the opposite race. They're afraid to talk clearly with people of the opposite race because they're scared of people taking their words the wrong way. 
They are scared and fear of a nation depending on who is leading that nation. You're calm if your guy's leading it. You're terrified if your guy's not leading it. You are, you are scared, you're scared to death of a coin shortage. Oh my God, Jacks, Jacks don't have any coins. It's the mark of the beast. You're scared, and I'm not telling, this ain't no endorsement whether you take it or not, but you're terrified of the thought of taking a vaccine. You're terrified of saying the wrong thing. Listen to me, quit it. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Rip that mask off. Somebody say fear. Go. Here's the next mask. Just leave my mic the way it is. Can y'all read that one? Fake. Fake. So y'all can hear me good, I'm gonna do what y'all do in Walmart. Why don't you get your mask on? Why don't you get your mask on like me? Here's a red alert, red alert. You're not doing it right. Makes for good sound. How many's heard the term fake news? Can I tell you something? Fake news. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, but long before there was fake news, there was fake people. Hey, come on, somebody! So, thank you, sir. Some of y'all mask up with fakeness. And some of y'all might not mask up with fakeness, but you're following people who are masked up with fakeness. I'm tired of fake preachers. Fake preachers have been in, existed in every generation. But I'm gonna tell you something, there just seems to be a rise of fake preachers now. Let me just make it clear. Just because somebody gets on TV or gets on your social media and calls themselves a reverend, that don't mean they're a man of God. Reverend don't mean nothing. Am I right, see? Reverend don't mean nothing. In fact, I can't stand it when somebody calls me a reverend. Where's your church at, reverend? Reverend means that there's something reverenced about me. I'm, there ain't nothing reverenced about me. If you want to call anybody reverend, it needs to be Jesus, praise God. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, some of these people that are on the news, Reverend so-and-so, they're being called by the, by the newscasters today, tonight, we got Reverend so-and-so speaking to us on, on both sides of the political aisle. Can I tell you something? A lot of them ain't never pastored a church in their life, don't even know what it know, is to even be in the ministry. They call themselves a Reverend. Can I be real with y'all? Because being a Reverend has made them a millionaire. Only thing about wearing a headset, I can't drop it. I want to drop the mic right now, but I can't drop it. Listen to what Matthew 7 says, verse 15. 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now listen, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Is the reverend, is the good reverend that's helping you make decisions, speaking faith into your life, or terrifying fear into your life? Is the good reverend telling you to lay hands upon your children and rebuke that devil in the name of Jesus? Come on, is the good reverend telling you forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some, is the good reverend? Oh my goodness. Y'all might think this is funny, but in some denominations, not only do they have reverence, they, you get promoted and they have the very most reverence. It's the truth. Some of y'all are raised in those denominations. They, they're called the very most reverend. That's what I want to be addressed as from now on. Y'all address me as the very most reverend Larry Ragnar. No, I'm just kidding. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But they are trying to make you think that they are one of you. But they are not like you. They are not like you. Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. But how do you know? How do you know when, when they are real and when they are fake? Hang on, just hold up, just hold up. It's because I've been there. How do you know when they're real and when they're fake? By their fruits, you will know them. I'm going to tell you something, I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm going to tell you something about me. What you see is what you get. You see me at Walmart, I ain't going to pretend to be somebody different than I am right now. You see me in my front yard cutting grass, I get off my lawnmower, I'm the same joker that I am right now. I ain't trying to be anybody else than I am. I let my fruit speak for me. I don't let the, the letters at the end of my name, Dr. So-and-so, PhD and all that stuff, speak for me. I ain't got nothing against that. But I want to be a person of fruit. This is what Matthew 7, 21 says. Not everyone, ooh, this is powerful, this is Jesus' word. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. My God, that'll preach right there all by itself. So just cause you get up there and you know how to preach and you know how to work a crowd and you know how to stand on the edge of the stage and look over at people and look them in the eyes and make them feel, pierce their eyes and know how to work the crowd, know how to make you feel emotional. Just cause you say the name Jesus don't mean you're following Jesus. This is what 1 John 4, 1, 3, I'm going to go fast. Now I got to kick in high gift. I'm going to get all these done. 1 John 4, 1, 3 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. I'm just reading the Bible. 
Uh huh. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. But every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Listen to what he says. Which you have heard was coming, but news alert is now already in the world. Some of y'all waiting on the Antichrist here and missing the spirit of Antichrist that's all around you. Fire that video. It's a real short video. I want to show you something. You'll tell me this ain't happening. No news coverage of this. There's no news coverage of this. That's in the streets of Portland right now. They are burning Bible. That's a holy Bible. They are, they are going, they are breaking in churches right now. Nobody's showing you this on the news. This is not fake news. This is actual fact. I know people who have shared this video personally, that, that have shared this video and has confirmed the accuracy of this video. This is, fired again, I want y'all to see this. This is in Portland, Oregon, in the midst of the protests that are going on right now. There are people who are, I couldn't, I couldn't do the sound because every other word is the F word being screamed. Uh, F this, F this person, F this, all this kind of, while they're burning the Bible. These, everything that's in that pile is Bibles. They started the fire with the American flag. Everybody's hooting and hollering and videoing. That's the, that's the thing that kills me. There, there's, there's 50 to 65, 50 to 70 pe people standing around, all got their phones, filming, taking pictures, professional cameras, taking pictures of starting the fire with the flag, and then on top of the flag, they start throwing Bibles. They start saying, F the Bible, F the president, F all this kind of stuff, and they start throwing these Bibles on there. So, so... Have you seen that on the news? No matter what channel you watch, whether you watch CNN, MSNB, or Fox News, you don't realize the spirit of Antichrist that is no longer even hiding in our nation. But nobody wants to show you that. This is happening. That's not to fire you up to be against somebody politically. That's to fire you up to get on your knees and pray and seek God for this nation. Somebody give the Lord a praise right now. This has nothing to do with Republican and Democrat. Do you not know who you are in God? Are you okay with people burning the Bible in the streets? It leads me right to my next one. Oh, y'all ain't gonna like this one. Mask. Say it. Politics. You want to be my buddy on, at church on Sunday? But you, oh, come on. But you don't want to go out to eat with me. You don't want me over at your house or you don't want to come to my house because you got a feeling our politics don't line up. When you join the church today in 101, Ain't nobody in that, in that room, number one, ain't nobody going to register you to vote. And number two, ain't nobody in that room going to ask you who you're going to vote for and who you vote for. I'll be honest with you. I could care less. That's between you and God. But your, but your vote needs to be based on what they're burning in the streets. Huh? Not because some reverend or somebody or some, some politician or some pastor told you how to vote. I don't, nobody's ever told me how to vote. Nobody's ever going to. They send me them sample ballots already checked in the mail. I just throw them in the garbage. 
I don't care who you vote for. You can't send me something in the mail, tell me what to take in there with me and check off because you told me to check it off. It's okay, you're at a safe social distance. I didn't spit on you. Some people are completely masked up when it comes to politics. Because of politics, you've burned so many bridges over a man or a woman who's running for office. Here's the thing, that could... That man or woman that's running for office that you've burned friendships, that you've burned family relationships with, they could care less about you. They ain't coming to, to your, your kids' weddings. They ain't coming to your mom or daddy's funeral. Huh? They, they don't have any. They say all that stuff. They don't care about you. Can I tell you something? They may care about what they say. I'm not saying that they're all not genuine, but the reality is this. Is what they say and who they are worthy to burn lifelong relationships over? But that is what has happened. You, 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 can't, you can't decide who I'm going to vote for by my, my statuses. I don't post anything that's, that's political. I post kingdom stuff and some goofy stuff. And then I post pictures of my bunny rabbit and my dog. Politics has us wrapped up in almost every aspect of our lives, whether we know it or not. I'm going to say it. You can't even be somebody's friend if they voted for Obama or Trump. Huh? For whatever reason, those are the two polarizing figures in the world that we live in for today. Who'd you vote for? I voted for Obama. Well, okay, then I could be your friend. Who'd you vote for? I voted for Trump. Well, I could be your friend. Trump makes a speech, those who vote for Obama calls him a devil. Uh, Obama makes a speech, those who vote for, vote for Trump calls Obama a devil. Come on. How many of those, everybody that loves Obama thinks Trump's the Antichrist. Everybody that loves Trump thinks Obama's the Antichrist. Can I give you a news alert? Obama and Trump, neither one are the Antichrist. Neither one of them. Study the Bible and you'll see that neither one of them could be the Antichrist. So stop saying it. And stop ruining relationships because of it. If you love one of them, love them. But keep your mouth shut and speak the things that are of God. The people need to hear the kingdom. Talk, especially online. Talk privately all you want to do. That's between you and God. But ask yourself, do you really have to say the crap that you put? Did I say crap? Yeah. Do you really have to post the crap that you post online? Is the world any better? You gonna be back next Sunday? You gonna, you gonna still pray for me? I noticed everybody didn't say amen when I said you're gonna be back next Sunday. Politics has become a God. The Pharisees tried to corner Jesus with a political allegiance because that was the norm of the day. No matter what you called yourself, priest, rabbi, teacher, whatever, you had to identify yourself also politically. So in Matthew 22, verse 15, the Pharisees went, watch what it says, and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. Watch how they tried to entangle the king of kings. They sent to him their disciples with the Herodians from Herod, the king, saying, teacher, we know that you are true. Watch how they work him up. And teach the way of God in truth. 
nor do you care about anyone. In other words, you don't care what anybody says. You teach what you feel. For you do not regard the person of men or the opinions of men. Verse 17, tell us therefore, what do you think about this? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? How many knows that's not a kingdom question? That is a setup political. These people were masked up politically and they were trying to cancel. In this cancel culture, we would call it today, they were trying to cancel Jesus. But Jesus, here's why you need to flow with Jesus, y'all. Y'all need to run with Jesus. Because Jesus is bad, y'all. He is bad to the bone, man. He knows how to respond in any situation. He was cool, man. He was a cool cucumber. Watch this. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Oh, oh this is good, y'all. This is for today. Then he says this. Show me your tax money. So they brought him a coin called a denarius. He holds it up and he says, he asks them a question. Whose inscription and image is on this? They said to him, Caesar's. Watch how Jesus responds. And he said to them, well then take this and render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but you better give God the things that are God's. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Huh? When they heard these words, they were marveled and left him and went their way. Huh? Are y'all hearing me? That was a mic drop moment, baby. In other words, he was saying, pay your taxes. Obey the laws of the land. But when Caesar tries to rule over the things that be of God, you still give the things that belong to Caesar, but you better give God the thing that belongs to God. Your praise goes up to God. Your honor goes up to God. Your allegiance goes up to God. Not to Caesar. We are being trained to render everything to Caesar. Oh, and by the way, some of you will faithfully pay your taxes, but you won't bring your tithe. You're worried about what would happen to you if you didn't to pay your taxes, but you ain't concerned about what God thinks about you not bringing your tithe. Well, rip that mask off. Somebody say, politics will not be my mask. I got her 20 minutes. I ain't gonna make it. Next one. Say it loud. Self. Self. Long before the pandemic of 2020, people were already started to mask up for themselves. This nation, this generation has become the most inwardly focused and selfish generation of recent history. This is the generation that invented something called selfies. Huh? Huh? Selfies. I ain't telling you in sin if you take a selfie, okay? I take selfies. But I'm trying to tell you just to get big picture here. This generation, it's all about what's in it for me. You don't care if it takes care of somebody else. You just want to make sure it takes care of you. Philippians 2.21 says this. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ. 
Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, I say to them, walk, to you, walk in the spirit. If you, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Are you hearing me? It's time for us to protect ourselves against the temptation to mask up for selfish reasons. I'm going to be quick on this one. Jesus made it clear. Those that are first needs to be last. Those are the greatest among you needs to be your greatest servant. The kingdom of God does not operate the way the kingdom of man operates. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. You don't, get to de- you don't get to vote on the will of God. You don't get to decide by, by the majority rules. Okay, let me give you a civics lesson here for those who don't know it. America is not a democracy. We are a democratic republic. Meaning, a democracy would mean whatever the popular vote on anything, period, is the law. We, we elect officials to go represent us. They don't do it that well, I'll be honest with you. But they're supposed to go represent the cares of the constituents in which they rule over. We vote for the representatives uh, in the republic, and then they vote by democratic means, and then the majority of the representatives vote is how we are ruled. But you keep hearing people say that we're a democratic society. We're not. We're not a democracy. We are a democratic republic. But here's what I want you to know even more than that. You need to understand, because we have been raised in a democracy-thinking world and a democratic republic-thinking world, we somehow think that that also is the way the kingdom of God operates. The kingdom of God does not operate by your opinion or your vote or your preference or what the majority says or thinks. The kingdom of God operates by the will of God. Somebody say, rip the mask of self off. Mm-hmm. I'm almost through. Number five. And I ain't got but 10. I'm just kidding. I don't have 10. Here's the biggest mask that people wear to church above all the other masks that you've seen today. Y'all go out to get some contacts with good glasses. Religion. I couldn't say nothing. If I was sitting on the second row, I wouldn't have been able to read it. <laughs> religion. People continuously mask up with religion. And they've been doing it as long as humans have existed. They were certainly masking up in religion long before the days of Christ. And they're masking up even more now. Most people's lives, more people's lives have been destroyed by masking up in religion than anything else. Wars have started over religion. Relationships have been destroyed over religion. People have been murdered. Buildings have been blown up. People, innocent people have been killed because of religion. Religion tells you how to eat, how to drink, who to hang out with. Jesus came in and the very first thing he did was destroy the spirit of religion. 
Religion said that the tax collectors was the most evil, sinful people this world has ever known and that, that they, there's no way they could even be saved. Jesus went and sat down and had dinner with one, praise God. Even his disciples that he'd already chosen were in the beginning process who were, who were orthodox, religious Jews to the core stood at the door and questioned, began to already question, how can this man sit among sinners? What they didn't realize is religion doesn't tell you not to sit among sinners. Religion just tells you to be salt and light when you're there. That's what religion says, but relationship says be salt and light when you're there. Religion says you must conform to everybody around you in order to be accepted. Relationship says sprinkle some salt. Relationship says be a light in the midst of darkness. The mask of a religion will cause you to see people as the enemy. The mask of religion will see people as the enemy instead of sin as the enemy. We have an enemy, but it's not people. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Huh? We wrestle against demonic spirits. Religion makes God a boss and you are an employee. Relationship sees you, makes you see yourself as a son or a daughter of a father. Huh? Religion has an image of God, this old withered man sitting on a, on, a, on a throne watching you with a switch in his hand like your mama, waiting on you to mess up and tear your rear end up. That's religion. Religion causes you to knock on doors and do things and go through situations. I'm not trying to, to judge anybody, but, but you know, maybe some of you were raised in a Jehovah's Witness environment. But you know, Jehovah's Witnesses are very, very persistent. And, and the truth is, if the, if the church, the regular church, would be half as dedicated as Jehovah's Witness, we might change the city, praise God. But I'll never forget, this is what religion will, how religion will confound the mind. I'll never forget one day I was sitting on the front porch of my father-in-law's house. And, and they had come over there a few times and talked to him. And so he identified them. On a Sunday afternoon, here they come. They pulled up. There's two, two minivans. We're sitting on the front row, I mean, front porch. And, uh, and about seven or eight people got out. They walked straight up to the porch. And I wasn't trying to be cocky. Uh, but uh, Brother Durwood, my father-in-law, he goes, oh, yeah, th these are really nice guys. They come by and we talk. And I, I said, I said uh, sir, if you don't mind, let me handle this one. He said, okay. He said, I said, just let me, let me say a few things to him. And they come up and they start. I said, hey, guys, what are y'all doing? And I said, so, so what do you need to tell us? Go ahead. Go ahead and tell us. And I, and I let them tell me everything. And I said, well, I, I said, well, I tell you what, I got two questions. Of course, I didn't tell them I was a pastor or anything like that. I was a young man. I said, I said, let me, I got two questions for you. Number one question I want to ask you is, it's very simple. Where do you stand on the deity of Jesus Christ? Do you believe Jesus is God? Of course, Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus is God because they'll, they'll reply by saying, how can the son be equal with the father? And they started going into all these different things about how he's a very holy man, very man that we need to serve and, and, and follow, but he's not God. And of course, I showed him scriptures in Hebrews where, where the father calls the son God and the son calls the father God and all of this. And they just, they just were stunned. No, that no one had ever said that to him. They just got real quiet. I said, well, the second question is this. If I was interested at all to becoming a Jehovah's Witness and I wanted to follow you uh, and, and be like you, tell me, take me to the steps, take me to the steps what I would need to do to become uh, a Jehovah's Witness and be accepted by God. The very first thing that came out of this young man's mouth was, well, we, we would train you on how to knock on doors and do what we're doing now. I said, so in other words, 
if I knocked on doors and I knocked on enough doors and I handed out enough pamphlets, then I might could be a part of the 144,000. And I, you know, I wasn't trying to be funny, but I guess I was. And because they believe only 144,000 is going to be saved, although the Jehovah's Witness Church is in the millions, I'm wondering who gets lucky. There's going to be a lottery. But, but I, I went down that road. And, and I'll never forget this, y'all. This impacted my life forever. I allowed him to say that, and I was, so I, I cornered him down to, for him to tell me that I would have to do, I would have to earn, I would have to do works, and I would become a good Jehovah's Witness. And I'll never forget him slipping up. There was an older gentleman that was just sort of watching the trainee. The young man was the one I was talking to, and the older, very seasoned man was watching. He was letting him go, and, you know, you could see a little concern on him, but he was like, okay, you're doing good, son, you're doing good, son. And I'll never forget his face. When he heard that young Jehovah's Witness look at me and say this, well, out of curiosity, what would I need to do to become one of you? I'll never forget him saying those words. And I'm telling that older gentleman, grabbed him by the shirt and pulled him over to him and said, we need to go. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, right now, all you'd have to do is bow your head right now. Believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that he's the son of God. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and come to your heart. Mean that with your heart. And today, before you leave this porch, you will be a child of God. Your name be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you have peace when you go home tonight that you are saved. Now, you remember when the word of God says that the word of God will confound the wise? This is what he said to me. This young man went, no way it can be that easy. No way. He said, you're literally telling me, that guy, older guy's trying to get him off the porch. He said, you're literally telling me all I got to do is believe something, say a few words and ask God to forgive me, and that's it, and I'm a Christian? And I said, yep. The look on his face, I'll never forget it. It was inbred in me. He wanted to pray that prayer but they pulled him off that, stay, off that porch and put him back in that van and took him away. But religion tries to make something simple difficult. Here's the simplicity of relationship. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He that knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. By his stripes we were healed. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They drove nails through his hands and his feet. They raised him up on a cross. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He cried out three words, it is finished. The earth shook. They put him in an empty tomb, a borrowed tomb. They rolled a stone in front of it, sealed with the, sealed the stone with the, with the seal of Pilate, put soldiers up in front of it. But Three days later, the stone was rolled away. My God, Mary came in looking for him. Oh, and he said, why are you looking for me? I'm not dead, I am alive. The angel said, why stand you looking? Sit down, I'm not through, sit down, sit down. Somebody say, I will not be religious. I'm ripping the mask of religion off. Yeah, one more. Some of y'all don't think you ever would wear this one. We are living in a world where a lot of people are wearing this mask. It's not just a mask over the nose and the mouth. This is full face. In fact, we don't even wear it. But we're, being, we're following one that does wear it. 
You will not know him by what you see with your natural eyes. You will not know this masked up individual. You'll never be able to identify this person in the mask with your natural eyes. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 12 says this. But what I do, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming transforming themselves to the apostles of Christ. Verse 14 is the key. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he ministers also transform themselves, his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. You ever watched uh, the movie series with Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible? Anybody's ever seen that? Wave your hand at me, son. I love them, man. I love the Mission Impossible series. The thing about Tom Cruise is, and this was, of course, it was in the original series that was back in whatever, 60s, whenever it was on, is they had this ability to create masks that look human. And they could turn you and they just push a button, and all this stuff would go on your face and had these little things they'd stick on their, on their neck or whatever and change their voice, and they could turn themselves into anybody. You know, and they go in, they, they capture whatever they need to capture, and real dramatic as the music is building, just as he jumps out, boom, jumps on his motorcycle, and he's about to throw his helmet on, he always does this. Pulls the mask off. When he pulls the mask off, you see the, the rubber come up, and there's Tom Cruise. You'd be surprised. Whether you can see it or not, I'm going to tell you what it says. It's Satan. If Satan himself can be transformed into an angel of light, Paul goes on to say, his ministers, can, is it any wonder that his ministers are also transformed into ministers of righteousness, so-called. I'm telling you, I know this ain't been one of them shouting sermons. It ain't been one of them wow revelation sermons. Like what happened when you got the word, the revelation of snake bitten, when you got the revelation of the six feet, when you got all the different things. Wow, that nugget you went home. This ain't been one of them messages. But you better know this. He is roaming to and fro. Now, he, he don't have the op- authority to operate on his own. So he takes his mask and he puts it on people. So I keep saying this, and I know it sounds like a broken record. Some of you younger people don't even know what that term means, broken record. You need to be very, very careful who is speaking into your life. I'm not saying I need to be the only voice in your life. I'm not even saying I need to be any voice in your life. But you need to ask yourself going forward, who is shaping my mind, my family, and my belief for my future? Every message is not going to be like this. But today I felt like I needed to deal with it. 
This is not, once again, a message against masks. This is not a message against social distancing. This is not a mask against anything that is being asked of you to do to protect yourself and your family and the lives of others. This is a warning from your pastor to make sure you have not masked up in the spirit realm with things that when you put on one of these masks, you've got to understand everything you say goes through that mask and is filtered through that mask. Everything you ingest in the atmosphere goes through that mask. So when you wear a mask that was not intended by God for you to put on, I'm not talking physically, but spiritually, any of these and many others that you can think of, you wear that everywhere you go. Everything you say, you can say one thing, but it comes out of that mask filtered through fear, fake, politics, self-religion, or even the will of Satan. And when somebody's trying to speak an encouraging word in your life, trying to help you, almost like what's happening today. This man, you know, well, I know encouraging word. It really is. When somebody like your pastor is trying to be a pastor, instead of just being a fireball preacher, trying to talk to you, if you're not careful, you will interpret and ingest and eat through a mask what I'm saying and it will be ingested and take root inside of you no way that it was intended to be taken amen go ahead and give the Lord a praise now here's my closing thought and I'm going to pray for you and then we're coming back tonight got, got 101 right after don't forget about Delane's booth Ambassadors College but I'm going to say one thing to you not all of you, but some of you, when you leave here today, you will head to a restaurant. You will put your mask on. I keep mine in my pocket. For those who want to know, I'm going in a restaurant. I'm going in anywhere. I do what they ask me to do. Got my Judah mask. I put my mask on. You go to a restaurant, you're going, most of you are going to do it. Some of you may not, but you're, most of you are going to put your mask on, stand at the door waiting for your table. But when you sit down, they tell you in, in the mandate, when you sit down, what do they tell you you can do? Take your mask off. Why do they tell you you can do that? Because you can't eat with a mask on. Did you get that? You can't eat with a mask on. So, what's being tried to happen today is I'm trying to feed you. Oh, you ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. On Sunday mornings, whether it's online or in person, I'm trying to feed you. It's hard for you to consume, digest, eat, and grow from the nourishment that's coming from up here until you take your mask off. That's all I'm saying. Receive it. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this moment, for this time. I know it's been a difficult and a tough word, but a necessary word. Please, God, I help, I'm asking you, God, Holy Spirit, let it be interpreted the right way. Let it change us. Let, us make us, let it make us better instead of bitter. 
Take him with the right heart, the heart of a pastor that loves his sheep, not a wolf in sheep's clothing. Fighting for my sheep, standing in the gap, fighting. Help us, Lord, to protect ourselves, to do things that are ca- that, to, to be cautious for our families, not just for ourselves, but to think of others, not to be selfish. But also help us in the spirit realm especially, not to mask up and hide in this time. God, you have not called us to hide. You've called us to stand up. You've called us to cry aloud and spare not. Lift up our voice like a trumpet. You've called us to be salt and to be light in the midst of darkness. Lord, we declare as a church and as a people, we will not receive the bondage of fear again. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons 